Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. I want to talk a little bit about prayer and fasting, why it's important, why we do it, why was it spoke about all throughout Scripture. It's funny, um, about 12 years ago, I was in a church that... Um, was teaching about prayer and fasting. I'd never heard about it. I, it was a foreign concept, but then I read the Bible, and it's right there. Jesus spoke about it. It's actually all over. It's, it's a, a normal way of life for a believer. Uh, it also, there's physical benefits to it, all, all kinds of physical, scientific benefits to fasting. Um, but, but when you add in prayer, it, it, there's life. You know, one thing I'm always asking the question yeah, this might be a hard decision to make for me if I'm coming up to a crossroads, but is there life in it in the long run? And I, what I find more and more is that there's often a lot of things where there's life in it in the long run, but initially it's hard. Initially, at the front end, it's a, it's, it's a tension. If you ever come to a situation where you know, like, oh, I should be doing this, it's the right thing to do, to have good character, I need to make this decision, but... It's difficult. Example, awkward conversation. Maybe someone has, has maybe disrespected you or maybe said something in the wrong kind of way. Maybe didn't even realize it, but you know if you don't talk to them straight away and you let it lie, bitterness will well up. And a separation, you'll start to distance yourself from that person. Why? Because you're bitter. And you'll carry that until you have the conversation. So what I'm trying to say is, at the front end, if you just get it done, take the pill, although it feels awkward, although it feels uncomfortable, it's clear that relationship is back to full health. And often in life, it's a bit like that. that the things which are good for us, like the broccoli, or like the, what is that little green thing at Christmas we've all tried to eat? Brussels sprouts. Spinach, you know, I'm learning to put it just in the blender. With, what is it, Anna made this this week, it was top-notch. Spinach, ginger, and who would have thought, dates. I could not eat a date if you paid me. But for some reason, it just works in that combination. But we need, there's certain things that we need to be healthy, to function well. And so the question I have for you this year is, do you have a vision, do you have a dream for this year? Do you have a vision for this year? And do you have a plan? Because if you don't have a plan, it will not happen. But I think one of the hardest things is to get vision. Sometimes we just drift with the current. We just drift with the river, the flow of the river. We just drift with what's happening. And really, as people, God has not called us just to drift. He's called us to be set apart, to actually be thermostats for the room, the rooms in which we are in. He's called us to be different. If there's dark situations, He's called us to bring light, to expose it. Not to hurt people, to help them. But you need a vision and you need a plan. And it's not going to have to be your vision. It's going to have to be God's vision. And this is really why we pray and we fast, is to get out of my head, to get out of what I think would be a good idea, and to get in line with God's thoughts. Because who, know who knows if God truly made me and made you, and every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Who knows that I want to align with that kind of God? 
Who knows when he's warned me throughout the scriptures that, hey, life is not forever. Sin is a problem. And Jesus is the solution. Who knows I need to be listening and following well. Especially, I remember as a 17-year-old boy going to a meeting one time and just someone just speaking from the front and it really caught my attention. It's like, do you really want to live life just drifting through and at the end look back and think, I wasted my life. Do you really want to live 2023 and look back and think, I just drifted? I wasted this year. I actually went downhill this year. I'm telling you, you don't have to do that. There's good news today. If you pay attention, if you give God your best and try to listen in to what he's saying, align with what he's doing, I'm telling you, you'll have a great, maybe your best year yet if you put him first. Amen? I'm going to read a few scriptures here and strip it back a little bit. Um, I'm going to talk about a message this, this morning called Agreement, Alignment, Assignment. So it says in Matthew 6, this is Jesus teaching people how to pray, teaching us how to pray. It says, pray like this. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven. That's a great start. <laughs> That's a great start to your prayer because what does it look like? It looks like our Father, He's good. In heaven, He's great. And it goes on to say, hallowed be your name. To you be the glory. So let's first and foremost focus on God's goodness, His greatness. No matter what's going on, He's got the helicopter view. He sees the A to the B. He sees the problem you're in. He knows the way around. He's got the map. God, you're, you're good, your greatness, and your glory. So the freedom, how I keep myself free from all kinds of unhealthy thoughts, ideas, attractions, is to God be the glory. That's my ultimate bottom line. It goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is incredible that God actually wants to touch earth with heaven. God wants to touch every room that your foot touches with heaven. God wants to touch every family that you find yourself in with heaven. God wants to do something with you. He doesn't just want to do something with you. He wants to do something through you. That's an incredible thought, that the God of heaven and earth would decide to use us, not give up on us, but he would actually send a resolution, a plan, a restoration plan to bring a, a touch of heaven to earth. And then it goes on, go on to say, I've pulled a scripture in Amos 3 and 3. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? I was playing football yesterday in Newcastle. Just right under the mountains, sounds beautiful. It was blue skies for just a while. And then these absolutely crazy winds came. And it was cold. It wasn't just wind, it was cold wind. Anyone know what that feels like? Don't mind wind too much, but when it's cold, it's any worse than just being a cold day. And so we're trying to also kick a ball around a pitch. And, and really, to be quite honest, we, we kind of went, went in with confidence because we should be beat. We just beat a team a few uh, legs above us last week, went in, you know, maybe a wee bit prideful. No one ever does that in here, right? And we know that pride becomes before fall. <laughs> well, we fell. And, but it wasn't really a game of football because the ball, we couldn't, like the goalkeeper was taking about five minutes to take the kick because the ball kept rolling. That's how windy it was. But anyhow, we were 2-0 down. 
And we had this guy on the bench. He's called Kennedy. He's not, I think that's just his English nickname. He's Brazilian. He's a wonder player. He is your secret weapon. And, and to be honest, the only reason he wasn't playing is because he hadn't been at training for a while. I think he's trying to figure some visa stuff out. And all the coaches in the side are like, we need Kennedy to get on. We need... Why, why is the manager not put Kennedy on? He is... He's the solution to our problem. And so, to be honest, I'd come off getting old, the calf seized up. <laughs> Nothing to do with the cold day. Um, and I kind of discussed them with the guys, the other coaches on the sideline, and we're like, we need Kennedy, don't we? And they're like, yeah. We need, like, he's sitting standing there, he's actually froze, he's, he's used to Rio de Janeiro. He's standing, he's actually got my coat, I, I didn't feel, I didn't have the heart to take it off him. <laughs> even though I wanted it, to be quite honest. But I'm like, nah, he's, he's not used to this, so I'll just endure it. So eventually the manager after, a manager comes over to the coaches and he asks them, hey, what would you do, guys? He says, we've all come to agreement that Kennedy needs to get on. And then another 10 minutes and he, he brings Kennedy on, we're 2-0 down. Guess what happens? Big Kennedy's just doing his thing. Just the ball just sticking to his feet. We passes, calming the whole team down. Three balls, 3-2 we win, last minute. Come on, Kennedy. Hope you're watching. We came into agreement. We made a play, a substitution. We won the game. If there was disagreement, the decision may not have been made. It actually wouldn't have been made. But because we came into agreement, there was power to change. And because we made a, a power play to change, we won. We overturned. There was resurrection in our game. See, there's power in agreement, the first thing that we need to do with God as people is come into agreement. We can't walk with God if we do not agree with His ways. That brings me on to, I heard this, um, I think it was on Instagram or TikTok or something, uh, and this guy had made this really good point, and it kind of really challenged me, and I want to share it with you. And he was kind of talking about, hey, how do we reach people who do not believe? He says, well, in reality, you know, if they don't believe in God and they don't believe in God's morals or his ways of doing things, then there's no really point talking to them about those things because the first and foremost issue is do you believe in Jesus? That's what Alpha's all about. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he rose from the dead? Well, that's where we start. So he says, if we meet someone who is maybe an addict, what do you tell them? Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. If we meet someone who is struggling with depression, Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you. If we meet someone who is an atheist, Jesus loves you, and Jesus died for you. If we meet someone who is um, struggling with gender or identity, Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you. But the catch is, if you receive, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart, then you, come, you become a new creation. And the catch with that is this, Jesus died for you, so now you must die for him. You see, you know what water baptism symbolizes? I'm alive in my flesh, in my sin nature, and I die. I die to my own visions of how I think life should be. I die to my own ways of doing things, and I resurrect in new life in Christ. And I'm telling you, here's, here's the beauty about it. 
there's a promise of life. The Bible says you cannot truly find life until you lose life. Until you lose it, until you let it fully go. Same when two people get married, what are they saying? I'm letting go of my old single life and I'm coming together as two. Two becoming one. It's a new creation. And the power in that is this. You can't hurt a dead man because he's dead. Dead to those selfish dreams. Dead to those selfish motives. Dead to those self-centered ideas of trying to figure out how the, how the world works and what is best for me and how I feel. My identity, well, this is what my identity today is this. Well, no, my identity is I'm a new, I'm a new creation in Christ. God, what is the best for me? You're my source of knowledge. You're my source of strength. You're my source of guidance. And it's freeing. You know, you, the word, true freedom isn't really, the more I think about it, true freedom isn't just that field where you're dancing about with the sheep. It's not that field where nothing happens. And do what you want, go where you want. Because if that was freedom, why are we not all there right now? Why do we not live that way? Why do we have to build houses and build roads and build systems? Because we know that's not true freedom. Why do we not go to Africa and just sit in a field? We don't. Because <clears throat> it's not what we want. So then we create systems, we build structures, and confined freedom is within those structures. Oh, I just, uh, I love telling this story. So often we think, um, you know, freedom is, I'm driving down the road and I'm just weaving in and out of the hard shoulder, I'm weaving out in and out of the cat's eyes, I'm just, and, and the police officer, whoa, whoa, pulls me over and it's like, what are you doing, mate? Like, you're driving crazy. And my response is, well, you know, it doesn't suit my personality to stay within the lines. I don't identify as a, a normal road user. I don't, that, that 70 sign on the, I don't agree. You know, that's not my thing. I'm a different kind of person to all these other people that submit to that idea. What would you do with that person? Lock them up. <laughs> Why? Because true freedom isn't just about you. It's about everyone. It's about everyone who's on the road. It's about having a system that works and allows us to travel and to do... See, in a relationship, there's got to be boundaries. Healthy relationships have boundaries. Toxic ones don't. Systems. Can I get an amen? I finish, and in Galatians 2 and 2, it says, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives within me. What is he saying? I have died to just living by myself, for myself, within myself. Christ now lives within me. I've got a system. I've got a way of doing things. How do you find God's will? You start doing his ways first, and then he leads you to his will. So agreement, number one. It goes on to say in Ephesians 5 and 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for this, that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated by the Holy Spirit. You see, when you come into agreement with God, there's a filling. It's not this boring, sad, weird life, dysfunctional. No, it's, it's, it's full of power. It's a filling. It's a satisfaction. There's purpose, there's direction, there's 
there's direction and there's holiness. And holiness isn't this, I don't know what you think of the word holiness. <coughs> it's not this thing where, where you're ineffective, that life's irrelevant. It's completely the opposite. It's where life is full. It's got joy. It's complete. It's overflowing. Sin isn't destroying you. Sin isn't tempting you. Sin isn't in the way of God's best. It's the best kind of life. It's the kind of life that you see people living that you want what they, they have and you don't, maybe you don't know what that is. It's that kind of feeling of like, whoa, that life is not perfect, but it's flowing with goodness. Number two, alignment. Alignment, you know, reality is when we get around the world, we get around media, we get around the voice of the crowd, it distorts our vision. It distorts how we see. It distorts our alignment. Come on, anyone ever had hit a curb and your wheels are out of a line? And you're like, why is my car going to the left all the time? That's your alignment. I'll just help you out right now. You need to go to the car garage and pay for wheel alignment. Um, and what often happens with us is we, we get knocked about, and especially if you go through some stuff that, if, that has hurt you, you're, there's a good chance you've been knocked and your wheels are out of a line. And you're not driving straight and you're just kind of, it's causing you to spend more energy living. And really when we pray and we fast, it's really all about alignment. We're not trying to change, New Testament fasting isn't us trying to change God's mind. It's us trying to align with what God is already doing. God has paid the price for our sin, for eternity, past, present, and future sin are dealt with. Now we just have to align with what God is doing on the earth. Hey, God, where are you bringing heaven to earth? Help us to see. And then we just try to get aligned. So, so right now, maybe if God's will is here and we're over here, we're feeling, we're feeling a bit lethargic. We're feeling passionless. We're feeling ineffective. We're feeling blurry disorientated, not sure what we believe. Well, that's why Alpha courses and prayer and fasting and things like that are good to get us back into line with heaven. When we, then, then when we start to pray, it's not this kind of dead religious routine. It's, hey, God, I, I sense what you're kind of saying. I'm, I'm on my toes again. I'm feeling fresh. Whereas over here, maybe hanging out with the wrong company, hearing the wrong talks, watching the wrong programs, it got into me. It changed how I thought, it changed how I believe, it changed how I seen, and therefore I feel weird. I feel disconnected, I feel passionless. And before you know it, 2023 is over, and what have I done? Really just nothing. Just busy going and doing things which really have no purpose, no reason, just existing, just trying to hide, just trying to be busy because I don't have to think. Alignment. Jesus was actually talking to some of his disciples and he was trying to teach them how to you know, heal people and cast out demons and all these kind of things. And, and they couldn't do it. And they came back like, Jesus, what is, why, why is this not working? Maybe life for you right now is just, there's something in you and you know it's just not working. It's just not 100% right. There's just something off and you're not bearing fruit. Well, Jesus was actually quite harsh, but straight. Come on, who, who knows as you get older, you actually like straight people. Not someone who tells you you're awesome and then goes behind your back. They're, they're an idiot. 
as you get older, because what you went through a few <coughs> situations where people have let you down, where they've said something and to you and said something to somebody else. So now it's like, give me, just give me the truth. Tell me what you really think and let's move forward. Well, Jesus nearly done this in, in Matthew 17, 17. He says, then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Your problem over here with feeling lethargic, being disoriented, life not working out, not seeing the dreams come to fruition, not seeing the power of God in your life. The problem is littleness of faith. And I'm sure they thought at the moment, what? We're with you. What do you mean? What does that really mean in normal language? Faithless, too, you're too disconnected from my heart. You're too disconnected from God. You're over here. God's over here. Perverse, you're too connected to the world. What you're hearing every day, what you're talking about every day, there's, there's not enough prayer. There's not enough reading the scriptures to realign yourself. You're not coming into agreement with what God has already said. And so therefore your alignment is, has drifted. Maybe not overnight, but over months, over years, whatever that may be. And so he's saying, listen, if you can just get back connected to God and get disconnected from the world. What is prayer? Connecting to God. What is fasting? Disconnecting. Saying no to some things that you crave. Food in particular. And what happens is in that there's a freshness comes. There's an Your spirit man begins to ignite again. You start to see clearly. It's as if the window wipers just, you spread the water and the window wipers just, oh, directions are clear again. I, I see what God wants to do. I see where I'm going. I, I'm telling you, some of us, listen, if you haven't started the fast or haven't got on board with us yet, I encourage you to do one week. Sacrifice food. What happens when you sacrifice some sugar, whatever it is, your flesh will cry out. And that gives you an opportunity to say, no, flesh, you do not dictate. You're not in control. I'm not just going to be the kind of person that's dictated by a feeling, by a fleshly instinct. The spirit man in me is deeper, is greater. What happened to Jesus in the desert? He fasted food for 40 days. What way did the devil tempt him? Food. But Jesus said, no man does not live by bread alone. What is he saying? There's something deeper in me that's more important than just food. There's something in me that's eternal. It's more important than just temporary food. So if you can set some time aside this week, some food aside, some kind of food that you like. Don't, don't, no, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. What are you going to fast? I'm going to fast vegetables. <laughs> going to fast the gym. No. <laughs> it's got to be something that you actually like and crave. And I'm telling you, when you do it, don't go extreme. Don't make it all about that. But I'm telling you, when you do that, what happens is it gives you an opportunity to choose God. To choose God first over the physical, temporary feeling. And what that does is to your soul, you come into agreement with God's word and it gives you an opportunity to practice alignment. And when you practice alignment, get ready for God to move. Can I get an amen? So it says, Matthew 17 says, the disciples came to Jesus and asked privately, why could we not drive it out? He said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, that is your lack of firmly relying trust. For truly, I say to you, 
If you have faith that is living, like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What is he really saying? This does not really happen until you can see clearly, until you can hear clearly, and that can happen until you disconnect from all of the distractions in your life. It's simple, but it's powerful. Lastly, assignment. What does God do when you start to align with him? So we've come into agreement. We're now aligned as we've agreed and practiced that. Now we start to sense God say some stuff, align us again, reignite us again, and we see an assignment. In Acts 10 and 30, it says this, So Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Watch this. Send therefore to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. So what happened as soon as he came into agreement? Through prayer and through fasting, he got an assignment to go. He was sent. Get on your bike and go. Don't hesitate. Don't wait around. It's time. Has anyone ever tried to ride? I should have brought my bike with me. Has anyone ever tried to ride a bike slowly? So I'm just getting on and you're just trying to do it really slowly. First gear. You know, it's actually harder to ride a bike slowly than it is to ride it fast. Why? Because when you ride the bike with a bit of pace, it becomes stable. It stabilizes where when you ride it too slowly, oh, it's like a balancing act because there's no momentum. Anyone with me? We could have tried it out too. Give a few people a chance. And so it's the same with our faith. It's the same when God speaks. Don't try to go with God slowly. Don't try to just wait around and hope that some, you know, just for magic to happen. God moves as we move. And honestly, the Christian life isn't done well slowly. It's not done well just hesitating and back and forward. It doesn't work. I've seen it time and time again with people where they kind of hesitate. I'm not sure I'm half in, I'm half out, I'm half in, I'm half out. Or, or, or I'm half aligned. Half alignment doesn't work. Half dead doesn't work. It's actually awkward if you're half dead. You know, it's like, what? Just take me now. But, but when you're all in, same as a relationship. Some, some people need to get all into a relationship right now. You're half in, I've been there. <laughs> half in doesn't work it actually just hurts you you're unstable you're back and forward all in there's freedom in it there's simplicity in it it's actually fun you grow in it so in this next week I just really want to encourage you if you maybe haven't or maybe you've, you've just started the process of get, trying prayer and fasting just disconnecting from some things which you crave which your body is used to having it's actually healthy for you to desensitize to some of those things which really have a hold on you and allow an agreement, allow an aligning process, and then allow God to speak some things that you can't see unless you're all in, that you can't see unless you're fully aligned, 
that you can't see unless you fully agree. That's why we come before God and we come before His holy word. It's not a, a word that we can half agree with if we want its impact. It's, it's a word that we need to fully come under with the fear of God. It's, it's as we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. That's not a half in attitude. That's not a if or maybe. That's a God, your creator, father of the whole earth. God, I, you, you allowed me to be alive. God, without your hand of authority, I would not be here. And I'm choosing to come back to who I truly am, which is a son and is a daughter. I'm choosing to, to repent, to turn away from just trying to live life my way because I'm afraid of regret. I'm afraid of losing this relationship with you. We should fear that. It is scary. It is a problem. But thank you, Father, that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for a sinner just like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I'm all in. I'm in full agreement with the sacrifice that you made. I've seen you change lives countless times. There is hope for humanity. There is a way of living. There is a God in heaven who cares. We're not just on this earth alone trying to figure it all out. Hey, God, I'm scared right now. There's some things in my future. There's some things in my path. But God, I'm dying to myself. I'm putting it in your capable hands. And no matter what happens, God, your name be the glory. I'm telling you, that's how we see impact. That's how we find freedom. That's how we know who we truly are. That's how life starts to make sense. It doesn't make sense trying to do it our own way with our own ideas and our own plans. We're kidding ourselves. We were created for worship. Don't waste your time trying to worship some, something that's just human. Don't waste your time trying to worship something that's just temporary like money and possession. Don't waste your time. We were created to worship something bigger than us, something greater than us, something that made us. So come on, let's humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. And I'm telling you, He will put you on your feet. He will resurrect your dreams as He brings glory to His own name. Amen. So with every head bowed and eye closed, and the Bible says very clearly how we truly come to life is we acknowledge and we confess that essentially Jesus, the Holy Spirit, convicts us and we know in our spirit we don't see. With, with, with human eyes, we see with spiritual eyes and we realize that the Spirit of God is convicting us to repent, to turn and to go all in, to come into agreement with the holy name of Jesus. It says in Romans 10 and 9, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, his authority, his majesty as God, and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be put on your feet with purpose, with a plan, with a mission, with assignment. It's a new creation. It's a new life. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. 
This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.